everyone. Uh, welcome to Break the Ice. Uh, joined by Dennis Marouk as uh, the, the Caps alumni. We're, this is alumni weekend. We're trying to get as many of these uh, great old players as we can get. And uh, Dennis, we're, we're thrilled to be joined by you because before Alex Ovechkin and before Peter Bondra, mm-hmm. there was Dennis Marouk. And Dennis still holds some club records that mm-hmm. Ovi will never touch. But let's go, let's go way back to to the OHA, now known as the OHL. You played for London for a few seasons, and Dennis came in, made some noise there with uh, your first year, broke Marcel Dion's rookie record for right. points. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What was the OH, the OHA like in those days? Because a star-studded team, and I looked at, I mean, you, you put up, I think, 100 points three years in a row, right. but... I think you, you, the London team didn't make the playoffs even uh, at least one of those years, but that th- that league was star-studded at that oh, time. Oh, definitely. We had uh, we were the middle of the pack team. We weren't we weren't the best team. We weren't the worst team, but uh, we had some good players. Uh, we we had some uh, good years, but just things where you know you look at the team in uh, Peterborough. Uh, they had uh, Roger Nielsen was the coach. Doug mm-hmm. Jarvis was there. Bob Ganey was there. Um, Marley's were were our big team in junior, so it was just the it was very competitive. It's probably the best junior league I yeah. feel, and even though I played there, uh, where a lot of players come out. of. They got the Western Junior, they got the OHL, and then you got the Quebec, yep. right? So uh, it was uh, more all round type league. Western was more more tough. Quebec was more scoring, and all that. But it was. Uh, it was uh, something that uh, I had to deal with. Uh, I don't know, the story was that I, I got traded to London. From uh, Toronto. From correct. Toronto. Uh, Mark Howe was drafted by London Knights. And um, Collie and Gordy Howe wanted the boys on the same team. Marty was already playing for the Marlies. So London and Toronto had to make a trade. Sweet. And Toronto offered Bruce Boudreaux. And uh, GM coach in London was Bill Long, and he didn't want Bruce Boudreaux. He wanted myself and another player. The other player was Larry Goodenough. Is he good enough? That played in uh, Vancouver and Philadelphia yep. and all that. So, and I went there not uh, knowing anybody. And as that time, when I was sixteen, I I quit hockey. I told him, I told I'm I'm not going to London. I I didn't know anybody in London, and I'm I'm not leaving Toronto. I'm not leaving my family and my friends. Well, you were a box lacrosse goalie, and, and right, Rexdale. That was that was going to be your your thing. I I read right. somewhere. Yeah, I got drafted by a California Golden Golden Seals that year, and I was going to go to Montreal and play in the pro lacrosse. I was a goalie, and in uh, of course any Torontonian boy that playing hockey had a dream to play in the NHL and had an opportunity. So I had to give up lacrosse and and uh, went and played for the Seals. Well, we're glad that it worked out that way. We'd hate to think of n- not seeing the Dennis Marouk NHL mm-hmm. hockey career unfold the way it did. But the way your NHL career unfolded is is kind of strange as well. Like you said, you go to California, and th- that was an ill-fated, star-crossed organization uh, that, that mm-hmm. I believe by the time you got there had just divested itself of Charlie Finley. And, and I right. think, uh, was it? Mel Swig, who owned the team when you were yes. there, so yes. you, you you arrived on the scene as a rookie and and uh, scored thirty goals and and I think finished third in Calder mm-hmm. voting and then at that was it. Like at, at the end of that season, you guys moved to Cleveland. But I, I want to 
before we get too too far ahead, what was that one season like in in Oakland? Um, because that that was the one team of of those second six teams that really struggled mm-hmm. in in those early days and and didn't didn't quite make it. Yeah, we just uh, we didn't have uh, a strong team. There's no doubt about it, and we didn't make the playoffs. But we. I was 19 years old, and I had an opportunity and uh, to play in the National Hockey League, and I want to make sure that I was going to stay there. So I, right off the bat, my first year, I, I wasn't even offered a contract. I was told I was going to go to the minors for two years and, and, and play with older older men, and older, so mature a little bit. And uh, my agent was Boom Boom Jeffreyon. At that time, and uh, he, we were in a meeting. And he told me not to not to say anything. It was, the GM was Bill McQuarrie, and uh, uh, the president was Munson Campbell. And they just said right away that you're uh, you're going. We're go- we're sending you to the minors. And Boom Boom goes, "My Denny, he scored you a lot of goal. You played no minor. We signed contract today." Well, it never happened, right? And. Um, we left the meeting, and the first exhibition game was against Los Angeles Kings, and I had scored two goals and assists, and I was the first star, and I played against Marcel Dion most of the night. And GM Bill McCurry tapped me on the shoulder. He said, you call Boom Boom, tell him we're going to sign a contract when we get back to Oakland. So that's how <laughs> that whole thing started. And, um, you know, because of my size and smaller structure, yeah. I had a lot of points in junior. I was the most valuable player in junior. I was rookie of the year in junior. And I thought I would be a first-round pick, but it was – no, because of my yeah. size kind of was against me, and I, I just had to keep proving that uh, I could play in a big man's game. And and then that right that first game, that preseason game, really started it for me. I knew that I can do it. Yeah. I feel like you could have been an even bigger star 30 years before or 30 years mm-hmm. after you, you came into the league, but you managed to – you were you were an outlier in those days. You survived as a, a really small guy, in, yeah. in in and like you said, given the junior numbers you put up, you probably should have gone in the first right. round. But then you know, bizarre situation at the end of that first year in in uh, California. You, you guys, Mel mm. Swig moves the team to mm. Cleveland. He'd never even been to Cleveland. He moves the team to Cleveland, and and that probably turned out even a little worse. It only lasted two years there. Yeah. You made the all-star team there one year, but what were those two two years like? People don't even remember a lot of them that there was a team in Cleveland. They were called the Cleveland Barons, and they were there for two seasons. Yeah, it was. Uh, <clears throat> we were all kind of shocked uh, uh, in Oakland uh, in the summer because the, nothing was really – we didn't really know about it. And, and all of a sudden we get news, and hey, we're moving to Cleveland. And, okay, well, Cleveland – yeah, what are we going to be called and whatever. So it was a tough two years. We played in a big Richfield Coliseum that seats about 21,000 seats. State-of-the-art rink yeah, at the right. time. And, and we call it the Wizard of Oz, and that's where it was. It was way out in nowhere yeah. land. So we really didn't have a lot of support. You know, I think the most fans we had one night was when Montreal was there, we had 13,000. It still seemed like the mm-hmm. building was empty. Uh, but And then we we went through a time where – we didn't get paid for a month, and we were told it was Buffalo was in town, and we were told that the team was going to fold. So after the pregame skate in the morning, we all went out and had our our pops and had some fun and was saying goodbye to each other because we figured that's it. Uh, we're, Late in we're the done. second season, yeah, right, exactly. Yep. And then uh, we got a call, uh, what four thirty in the afternoon, saying that we had to play the game. <laughs> uh, I get Alan Eagleson and the the league at the covered the insurance 
and that we would get paid as well wow. the money that was owed to us and and that so we had to go play the game we lost six to two but we had we had fun and then it was it was just one of those things where uh as an nhl player you don't want to be put in a situation like that you're hoping that you get to a team that is very solid yeah and mature and strong that you can you know prove to them that, that you you should be there and all that and maybe have a chance to go for a Stanley Cup. But those first four or five years was, was pretty tough. I mean, so th- so then Cleveland merges with Minnesota. You you go to Minnesota. You're starting your fourth season in the NHL. Mm. You're in th- your <laughs> third different city, but you're still with the original organization, right. which is nuts. And you play two games there, and then you get traded to Washington, and which, you know, that the Caps in those days obviously weren't on a lot firmer ground than any of those other right, teams that, that right. we've talked about previously. But – I mean, you were one of the guys who who came in and and put put the team on the map. And I know you had a great first season there, and then were injured there in the second year. And then from there, it really took off for you. Fifty goals one year, sixty goals the next year, and you played on that roaring twenties line. What was it like when you arrived in DC and started playing those those games at the old uh, Capital Center? Landover, yeah, Landover. Yep. I, well, I, in that trade, I mean, I was uh, when the two teams merged, Cleveland and Minnesota. Um, Lou Nanny had told me that uh, he wanted to trade me for a first-round pick. He needed a left winger. So I wasn't going really, when that merged, I wasn't really going to Minnesota. I was didn't know where I was going. And so nothing happened all summer. Um, and then my lawyer was, at the time was Alan Eagleson. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you're going to go to Minneapolis, just rent a home, don't buy anything there's some teams that are interested in you. This hasn't been finalized right now. And then uh, we had a game one night, and at 20 to 5, my wife and her sister were driving our cars to Minneapolis. They arrived at 4.30. I got a phone call at 20 to 5 from Max McNabb saying, welcome to Washington Capitals. I didn't hear anything from... Lou Nanny. Yeah, wow. Another ten minutes later, Lou Nanny calls me. He goes, "We just traded you to. Uh, I got a first round pick for you, and you traded to Washington." I said, "Louis, I already know." <laughs> he goes, "How'd you know?" I said, "Max McNabb called me." You know, so that's how that whole whole thing started. And uh, you know, when it came when it came to Washington, you know, I knew that the team was not strong, but I I didn't want to lose my job. I wanted to play, and I was just hoping that one day I'll get somewhere where it can be a competitive team and be involved, and it was struggling. We even went through the Save the Caps campaign, and, you know, I had a jar, a glass jar with pencils in there, and I had a little mark on there, three for a quarter, whatever it was, and we were just kind of fooling around with stuff like that, but it was a very serious situation, and and they, this area needed the, to hear that because the, the season ticket was not was not high, they need to improve that. And then and during that pro, pro uh, the campaign, uh, April and they got the the season tickets up and they, they kept the team here. That was forty years ago this this past summer. Amazing, yeah. and and that was that was the year that you were coming off the the sixty goal season right. and. and um, you had a restaurant in Alexandria there too. What, what tell us about that and how that came about? Because some of the meetings where the the fans and the Save the Caps oh, committee they were they were held at. Yeah, that at that, that was just through another friend uh, uh, that I, I met here, and he wanted to open. I wanted to use my name, and I said it was I had I had um, no money in, invested in it. I said you can. I was going to receive this and that, but. Uh, Certain things happened uh, uh, one night, and I decided to take my name off. 
Well, you stuck around for one more season after, and David Poyle obviously uh, took over as the GM, and um, the trade was made for Rod Langway and Craig Lockin, and finally, yeah. you know, because I mean, there you are. You're, you've already had so much turmoil yeah. in your your young NHL career, and now here's another team that's on the verge of moving. That team gets saved, and you finally are able to make the playoffs and and play in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then you're, you're traded back to Minnesota. <laughs> but uh, it, just wondering what your best memories of your Caps days are on and off the ice from from the four or five seasons you were there. Well, I would I would definitely have to say the All Star game. Um, that was eighty two. That was eighty two, and that was a year, and I had the the sixty yeah. goals and the uh, seventy six six assists and all that. I think those are the two moments that I I remember probably mess with. I always uh, remember because they were. You know, the, the line I played with Ryan Walter and Chris Valentine, we we just had a great line. Things worked out really well for us. And, you know, it gave me an, an opportunity in LA and 60-goal club. So, you know, only 21 players. That's it, a so. short list. Yeah. And, and you yeah. wore number 21, so that's, that's pretty fitting. 21. Yeah, that's right. And then you go back to Minnesota and had some good years there, too. And right. I, if I remember right, your, your career kind of came to an end when you blocked a shot against the Caps. Yeah, Grant Broke L- your Grant kneecap. Lid- Grant, Grant Ledger. Ledger. Yep. Grant Leonard, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I think guys were wondering why I'm, why I'm, why I'm sliding out trying to block a slap <laughs> shot, you know, and, and my shin pad moved. Uh, and and it, all he had to do is the puck had to go an inch higher and it would have been fine. But it didn't, it stayed low on the ice and my shin pad moved it right against it. So, yeah, and then it took a while to, you know, rebuild that the knee back. They just put it all back together. And then uh, I came back and it just wasn't 100%. Yeah. And I figured, well, do I want to? wait another year or whatever so i just said no, let's let's have somebody else a chance and i've done my thing and go from there and and you you didn't play in the minor leagues until the injury right. and you right. played Re- a rehab, few yeah. games yeah. On, on a rehab yeah. assignment and then i mean later on even i would say maybe close to a decade after you retired you played roller hockey and coached mm-hmm. in the RHI, the roller hockey uh, right. league, and then and then coached in the ECHL and was it the Western Pro Hockey League in WPA Louisiana. Yeah. How, yeah. how did yeah. that come about? Um, it's funny. I was sitting in – I was in Austin, Texas, visiting some relatives. and Good place to be. Yeah, and uh, we were in the 19th hole, and I looked over the shoulder, and it was uh, Blaine Stoughton. Oh, yeah. And I kind of look. I go, "What are you doing here?" And he looked at me. What are you, you know? One what of are those you doing? Yeah, here? what are you doing here? And so, he said, uh, "What are you doing?" I said, well, "I'm coaching high school hockey in Minnesota." And he goes, uh, "Would you be interested in coaching in our league?" And I go, "What league's that?" <laughs> and that's what it was, the Western WPHL. And I said, "Well, what's what do they pay? What's it all about?" He says, "There's two teams. One in uh, uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, Lake Charles Ice Pirates, and the other one was Odessa." Jackalopes, whatever yeah. it was, yep. and so I went like, and I I met both of them, and the money was the same, and I just went like that, flip a coin, I said heads, Lake Charles, tails, and it was Lake Charles. So I phoned Lake Charles and Probably said, "I'll, I'll be," uh, yeah, exactly, and and uh, so that was it was interesting, it was fun. I I just had a I had a rough time with the coaching because I I got too many phone calls from player agents and saying well this guy should be playing on a power player this guy uh, should be wait a minute here you got to come down and watch your boy play and then then you'll see and, and that's what it was and i'd so I, I got out of it because of that reason so these these days are you back back in the uh, toronto area i'm in london ontario yes 
which yeah, so which so not exactly, but but yeah, it's two hours from yeah. Toronto, hour and a half. Yeah, we got married June twenty fifth, my third time, three times a term, and uh, just like scoring a hat trick. Well, I think it's great that you're associated with the Caps <laughs> right. alumni, but I mean, really, what other alumni association would you be associated with? They're all gone, right? Well, they, we still have some booster clubs, that's, uh, but no association. So I, I do a lot of charity events. I do. I still skate and play. I probably play 50, 60 games uh, a year. I do a lot for Easter Seals and hockey helps homeless. And you, you, you were yeah. very active in in those type Community, of programs here. throughout yes, your, yeah, I've your always career. I've always done that. So. I'll play till the, the good Lord says I, my body can't, and I have, I have a lot of fun doing it. Dennis, I think it's really cool that you scored your first NHL goal at Maple Leaf Gardens, yeah, too. Right. That was, that was fun. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember too much. Someone asked me uh, a few weeks ago about, do you remember the, year, the, the night you scored your 60th or your 50th? Huh. I had to YouTube. I had to look it up. I remember the first one. First one of the year. First one that you uh, scored, scored the in the NHL. And, yeah. Oh, oh the, the first, first one in the NHL. NHL. Right, right. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right, the rest of them. I just, yeah, that was in California. When I see the film, I go, oh, yeah, I remember playing there. Now, but I don't, you know, must be the age or whatever. But <laughs> uh, no, but it was, uh, you know, the NHL is, is a great league and it's just great to see what the Capitals are doing. It's great for them to win the Stanley Cup. That was awesome. So, Dennis, I, I know you, you, you've had, we, we've talked about some, some of your. Uh, career travails and travels but uh i understand you wrote a book T- tell us tell us about your book well the book is uh um uh i don't know i was uh introduced to it uh through uh, a fellow by the name of ken reed who does uh uh the sports net in uh, in ontario toronto mm-hmm. on every night and he he's wrote a few, few books and he just said uh we sat down one day and he started talking about stories about my life, my office, post career, everything, and uh, he goes, well, well, "Yeah, you should write a book." I go, well, <laughs> "I got a lot more things to do in my life. Why would I want to write a book right now?" He says, "No, it'd be great. You got so many great stories." So we met again, another four or five hours of of telling stories, yeah. and I decided, "Well, here, this is how I want it done. I'm 60 years old. I want 60 chapters, and I scored 60 goals." Right. I like that. So the 60, 60, 60. And, and we worked it out that the James Patterson books, if you read it, they're all detective type things, but they're all short chapters. Yeah. They're not like 50 pages for the first chapter. So it kind of gets you into the next chapter. You want to read, keep reading the book and well, what's next, what's next. So that's how I did this, the book. So it's not like your first chapter. I'm starting out. I, I played hockey when I eight years old. No, I'm on a cruise ship servicing the Devon Energy oil rigs. And we're going nine and a half hours on this cruise ship uh, supply. That's what I was doing. I was captain. The, uh, the, the captain was sleeping. He said, take over the boat. I go, yeah, right. And that's the first chapter. We had a big storm. The boat's going this way, that way. And I'm trying to wake him up. And he just said, just follow the pilot. Just watch those white bars of the big, uh, big cargo ships. And I said, okay. I, I survived. I made it. But yeah. that's kind of the first story. Then you go, well, what's next? What else did you do? And that's how I, I carried on. And, and there is some personal stuff in there yeah. that, I, that I, I I felt was needed uh, in there that I, um, um, yeah, very personal uh, stuff that I had to write in there because uh, uh, that's what lucky to be here. Five feet. Yeah, five feet. I was, uh, I pulled over. I was, uh, I was, yeah, taking my life. Yeah, I was well, taking my life there one time. Yeah, I wanna yeah. I wanna read that book, and I'm sure yeah. 
some Who's listeners. Here? So so Amazon, usual Amazon, usual suspects, yeah. bookshop.org, yep. all those places. Yep, yep, yep. All right, we're on it. Unforgettable story of hockey's forgotten 60-goal man. There it is. Everyone go out and buy that book. Yeah, you'll love it. Well, it's great to see you always. Thank you. Love, love. Uh, it seems like once a year or so I run into you, and it's always mm-hmm. a, a very pleasant surprise. This time it wasn't a surprise, but it's always wonderful to see you. You're, you're one of my favorites. For well, thank you very much. Back for the day. Day. Sure, it's great. Thank you. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks.